that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. If you've ever gotten saved, you appreciate that song right there. And if you ever realize what you got saved from, yeah, that's what I said. On our way to hell, a hundred miles an hour. A place where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched, where there's never, ever a time of escape. Yeah, I ain't going. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm hammer, I'm heaven down with the hammer down. Amen. Amen. Boy, I feel like preaching. Amen. Grab your Bible, grab your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 14. And I, I desperately, I, I do, I need your prayers this morning. I've been having breathing issues and getting fat and wearing a vest is not a good option. I'm, 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 I'm banking it on a respiratory issue, but I'm thinking it's a, a shrinkage issue of my suit. Amen. Whoo, amen. Isn't it good to be saved? Man, how about all those people getting baptized a while ago? Wasn't that great? My goodness. Boy, I tell you what, I've, I've all, I could go home right now and say I've enjoyed being in the house of God. I could. But we ain't. <clears throat> We're going to get a word before you leave. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14. Here's what I want to do. This is the way God worked this thing out. It's really amazing because I, 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 some things I plan, but most things I don't. Uh, most things, it just happens, and we see the, 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 the wisdom of God and how God just lays things out. But if you, as you know, the last few weeks, we've been preaching on faith, living by faith, having victorious faith, uh, listen, overcoming faith, and, 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 and living a life that God is pleased with, living a life that's believing Him. Believing God for victory, believing God to accomplish something great, believing God to do great things. And, and, and God has given a message to, to kind of sum all of that up and to kick us off for next month. Or actually, it's this month. Uh, this is our Mission Emphasis Month, and I am excited. I'm telling you, we're going to have a skit next week. It's going to be really cool, so you don't want to miss that. Come early, come early, because the skit's going to be right in the beginning. Amen. I knew when I said come early, I was going to miss some of y'all. Amen. But we're going we're gonna to kick off our, our missions. Actually, it starts next week, but this message is going to be a good booster shot, if you will, to sum up everything we've been saying and to get us ready for what God's going to show us this month. And I'm telling you, I am, I am excited about it. So let's just jump right on in there. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. In verse number 22, verse number 22, if you're there, say amen. amen. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, now the ship has all the disciples in it. The ship was now in the midst of the sea Tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. It was a bad storm. It was bad. And in the fourth watch of the night, in the fourth watch of the night, uh, many commentators say that's the darkest time of night. How many of y'all are glad in your darkest hour? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good today. In your darkest hour, Jesus just has a way of showing up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
Some of y'all ain't never been in that dark hour. And you, you, can't, you can't really appreciate it till you've been in that place and him show up right on time. Right on time. Amen. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. Be, this ain't even the message and it's good already. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Yeah. That's when Jesus became the eye of the storm. Amen. It is I. Be not, and by the way, the eye of the storm is the calmest part of the storm. That's just a thought. Amen. And Peter answered him, this is us, y'all. This, this is the message right here. This is, this is where we're at. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. In other words, he said, I want to do what you're doing. <laughs> and he said, come. Say that with me. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And, oh yeah, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind now watch this, verse 33, here's the, here's the key. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Woo, say amen, church. I got to get something to blow my nose. <clears throat> How many of y'all are glad? How many of y'all are glad that when you're in the storms of life, Jesus has a way of showing up? <clears throat> And when he shows up, everything is all right. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings, your mercy, and your kindness. I pray that you'll help us now. Lord, all that stuff's not even the message, but it's a good truth. It's good to know. God, I pray that you help me now. God, give me the, 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 the words to say, the strength to say it. I pray that for, for uh, air in my lungs, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, give us what we need. And Lord, help us to, to, to hear your word, appreciate your word, receive it, and apply it to our life so we can bring glory and honor to you. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Here in this story, we find Peter. Uh, I, 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 can, I can relate to Peter. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I can relate probably more to Peter than about any of them. Uh, uh, Peter, he, he, sometimes he's got a temper. Uh, sometimes he lets his mouth get him in trouble. Can anybody relate to something like that? Sometimes he, he's very uh, 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 impulsive. Sometimes he acts before he thinks. Am I preaching to anybody? But, but, but we find that he, he's, got, he, 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 he's got good intentions. 
Sometimes they get him in trouble, but he's got good intentions. He really does. And, and, and so we find, we find Peter here, and, 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 and he, is, he, he, he makes a request. And, and before I get into that, I, I want to kind of set it up today. What, what is this message about? What do, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to accomplish by this word? We should always have a purpose and what we want an outcome to take place. And, and you, know, you know we've been preaching on faith for two or three weeks, and uh, God has been challenging us. God has been uh, uh, wanting us to get out of our comfort zone, if you will. And, and in the next three or four weeks, we're going to look at what God is doing across the sea. We're going to look at what God is doing in the missions department and, and how God wants us to get involved. Are y'all with me? You're going to be challenged in the next month. You're going to be challenged to give. You're going to be challenged to go. You're going to be challenged to leave your comfort zone. Step out of a place of comfort. If you will, if I can use this, step out of the boat and get on the water. God is going to challenge you. God is going to say, hey, step it up. I want you to do more. I want you to, I want you to experience more of my power. I want you to experience more of my presence. I want you to experience more of what I've got to offer. But in order to do that, you've got to step out in faith. Every, every person in the faith hall of fame, if you'll see in Hebrews chapter 11 that we studied the last two weeks, you, you, you'll, you'll see that in all that they did and all how they operated in life, everything that they did, here's, here's the word I want to use for today, they took a risk. They took a, come on everybody, they took a, they took a risk. And matter of fact, today I'm, I'm going to preach on the subject, risk it. Risk it. Take a risk. I, I, I was I, we, we in, in, on, on Thursday night in my, in my TBI class, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching the book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter two and, 2 and 3, we find there's seven letters to seven churches. And in the prophetic view of these letters, it shows the timeline of the age of the church all the way from the apostolic era, all the way from the apostolic age, all the way to the Laodicean age that we're in now. And there's two significant, there's two significant, they're all good and they're, they're, they're all important, but, but there's really two significant letters and two significant churches that I want to kind of bring out as a way of introduction. One is the church of Philadelphia, and the other is the church of Laodicea. Now, the church of Philadelphia, if you study it and, and, and you look at it, the church of Philadelphia was an exciting church. It was a church that was going through difficulty, but it was a church that was evangelistic. It was a church that was missionary-minded. It was a church that was willing to take a risk. It was a church that was zealous. It was a church that was exciting. Everybody wanted to get something done for the kingdom of God. Everybody wanted to do something significant for Christ. And if you, and if you take the timeline, if you take the timeline in, in the history of mankind, in the history of the church, you'll, you'll find out that, that, that the Philadelphian church age, God said, I put before you an open door which no man can shut. There was an open door for evangelism. There was an open door for missionary work. There were more missionaries that went out in that period of time. That was the time of the great awakenings. That was the time of the great revivals here in America and overseas. And the great, the great Welsh revivals, the time of D.L. Moody, the time of Charles Spurgeon, the time of all these great evangelists and missionary works. It was a time of evangelical fire. I'm talking about people getting saved, people going. Everybody wanted to do something for God. 
But if you study it out, you'll find out we're in the Laodicean church age. The Laodicean church age is the lukewarm church age. He said, you're not hot and you're not cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. In other words, the conduct of the, of the, of the, the church of today is nauseating to God. They're not in, but they're not out. They're not hot, but listen, they're not cold. They're, 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 here's, a, here's a good word, apathetic. We have an apathetic church. And I'm not necessarily saying temple. I'm talking about church as a whole, Christianity as a whole. The church in America is lethargic. The church in America is apathetic. The church in America is lukewarm. And the problem is they don't even care. If the bills are paid, they're fine. If, if their kids are good, they're fine. They don't care that there's a world that's going to hell. They don't care that people are dropping off into hell by the millions. They don't care about that as long as they've got what they need. Apathy. Lethargic behavior. God said it makes me sick. You say, well, preacher, that's just the time we live in. It's prophetic. The Bible says it's going to be that way. Yeah, but the Bible also says at the end of that letter, he said, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, and I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Preacher, what does that mean? We don't have to be like every other church. We can be as temple. We can be a Philadelphian church in a Laodicean age. We don't have to be apathetic. Apathy is a choice. Apathy is a choice. Let me say it again. Apathy is a choice. Let them all be dead. Let them all be apathetic. Let them all be lethargic. But bless God, let Temple stand up and say, we're going to do something significant for the kingdom of God. I don't care what the rest of them are doing. It's irrelevant what the rest The rest of them is not going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God for me. And I'm going to stand before God as the pastor of Temple for Temple. Yeah. So y'all tighten up. Come on. Come on. Amen. When you go out in this world, you, you represent Christ, but you represent Temple too. Yeah. I, I, I'm wanting to run a rabbit. Yeah. I can't, I ain't even got that outline yet. If you're going to wear a temple shirt, act like somebody. If you're going to wear a temple, a temple sticker on the back of your truck, don't be giving somebody the California high sign in traffic. See, that's why I don't put a sticker on my truck. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't wear no shirt and I don't put no sticker in. I don't. Are, are y'all with me today? Here, here's, here's something I want to I, I I I preach on taking a risk. I want to preach on taking a risk. We are, we are so, it's amazing to me when it comes to life in general, there, there's a lot of people that likes to take risks. They're going to they get in a perfectly good airplane and jump out of it. 
yeah, staff members did that just the other day. Staff members. People I thought had some sense. And then called me and said, Preacher, you really need to do this. I can't even repeat what I told them. What, what, are they, what are they doing? They're taking a risk for a thrill. I've never been that bored in my life. Do I have a witness? My, my point is this. My point is, and I'm not, listen, if you want to do that, my brother did that. I, hey, to each his own. Bless God, you know, whatever. Cranks your tractor. If you want to jump out of a plane, jump out of a plane, man, whatever. But it's all about the risk. It's all about the excitement factor, the adrenaline factor, doing something. And that's not just it. We, we do other stuff. People do other stuff. You know, people say, I, I, I got in a car and run 172 miles an hour on a track at Talladega. It was wonderful. But I was close to the ground. Say amen. And, and, and it's exciting, and it has, it, it, and people like to take risks because it, it's, it's, it's exhilarating and exciting. And here's what we do. Then we live the Christian life in a boring way. We live the Christian life taking no risk at all. We live the Christian life many times in fear, afraid, afraid to take a risk, afraid to step out of our comfort zone, afraid to get out of the boat, and we wonder why we're bored. Well, let me tell you something. All them people in the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11, they were risk takers. Anybody that did anything significant for God were risk takers. They were willing to take a risk. Now, here's what I want to show you. Just four things, and I don't even have no sub. I'm going to just give them to you, and we'll pray and go home. How about it? Amen. You You know what all this starts? This all starts, number one. It starts with a desire. It starts with a desire. Now imagine this. We're on the side of the boat. Y'all with me? Now put yourself in the, put yourself in the situation. Put yourself in the story. We are on the side of the boat. We're in a storm. Now, now we've done been in a storm with Jesus before, but Jesus was with us and he calmed the storm. So we're good. We're, we're good. We know Jesus got some power over the storm. Hey, we've done graduated from that school. We have passed. We got our diploma. And, and, and we're, so we're, we're here and we're in the storm and everything. And all of a sudden we see Jesus walking on the water. But we're not really sure that it's Jesus. We think it's a ghost. Now Jesus is challenging their superstition. Because in that day, they believed that, it, that, that many times before you die, you would see a spirit, you would see a ghost. So they thought, okay, this means we're fixing to die. We see a ghost. And they're afraid. They're afraid. And Jesus said, hey, boys, don't worry about it. It's me. Hey, guys, it's me. Now, can you imagine all these, these faces, these 12 faces looking over the boat? And one guy, one guy steps forward and says, hey, can I do that? I want to do that. That looks cool, man. Bid me come out of there. Do y'all see, does anybody read the Bible like I read it? He had a desire 
He had a desire to do something that was not normal. I can relate to that. He had a desire to do what's never been done. He had a desire to do what nobody else was willing to do. Nobody else. You know, where has that adventuresome spirit gone in the church today? Where is the desire to do something significant for God? Where is the desire to do something exciting, to do something adventurous, to do something risky, to take a risk to do something great for God? There was a time and there was an age when, listen, young couples were surrendering by the droves to go to Africa, to go to Asia, to go to China. They were exciting. They had a desire to do something great for God. And you know what? We just want God to pay the mortgage today. There's no desire. Let me, let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a verse. Look what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. What does that mean? God's looking for somebody to show out with. God's eyes are rolling to and fro in this earth trying to find somebody that's willing to take a risk, that's willing to believe him enough to know that God can take them and do something great with their life. Where's the desire? Where's the want to? Where's the umph? Do you realize this is not just in this is not just in, in the spirit realm. This is not just in the church. This is this is in, in many sports today. I, I read a story of a, a, a little league coach that when he was a little kid, he said, Man, when I was a little kid, that they would come and motivate us and they would ask us, How many of y'all want to play in the big leagues? And every little hand went up. He said, I asked my, I, I wanted to coach, and, and so I, I got my, 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 my kids together, and I put the same speech on them that was given to us. How many of y'all want to be in the big leagues? He said, one or two kids went, where has our drive gone? Why didn't all of them stand on and say, hey, me, 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 me first, me first? He said, oh, what's the big deal? <laughs> Look throughout the rest of them. Who did God significantly use out of all of them? Yeah. Peter. Right. Guess what? Guess what? Y'all with me in the balcony? Y'all watch this. Watch this. This is, this is crazy. Do you know who was probably the least qualified? <laughs> Do you know who had a dirty mouth? And, a, and, a, and an anger problem. And he was rough. And he was gruff. He was unlearned. He was riffraff. But he's the first one to say, We believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was the first one that Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And unto thee I give the keys of the kingdom. It was him that stood on the day of Pentecost and preached with the power of God on his life and saw thousands of people saved. It wasn't because of his intellect. It wasn't because of his education. It wasn't because of his great character. It wasn't because he had so many skills. It was because he was willing to take 
a risk. Take a risk. He was willing to believe God for something significant. We see a desire. In this story, we see a desire. First thing we see is a desire. Can I do that? I want to do that. Guess what? Have you ever heard the phrase, you can lead a a horse to water, but you... I tell all my staff people, when, when, when I hire a new staff person to, to help me to, to, to do what we do, there's, there's so many qualities you look for, but there's two main ones. Two main ones. One of them's loyalty. One of them's loyalty. If I can't depend on you, I don't need you. One of them's loyalty. That's, 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 that's one. But the second thing is probably the most important is initiative initiative if I have to constantly get behind you and put my foot to get you to do something to get you to do your job to get you to do if I had to keep priming your pump I don't need you initiative is so important and there was one thing about it Peter had his flaws Peter had his issues. I mean, we could could write a catalog of all the things that Peter had wrong, but there was one thing he was not lacking. It was initiative. He's the one that pulled the sword in the garden and cut the servant's ear off. Even though he got in trouble for it, he still did it. I would rather be the one that cut the ear off and got a chewing out about it and look at the rest of them. They didn't do jack. Y'all with me? He had a desire. Do you have a desire to do something for God? Do you know what I see in most Christians today? It's all about what God can do for them. I'm coming to church to see what I can get from God. I'm coming to church to see what He can do for me. I'm coming to church to see if He can fix my issues. I'm coming to church to see if He can put my family back together. I'm coming to church to see if He can help me with all my financial woes. When has it been about that? Worship has never been about Getting worship is always about bringing something to the king and offering something to the king. Man, we need to change our philosophy. We need to change our attitude and say it's not what he can do for me. God, what can I do for you? Listen, this risk-taking business, it starts with a desire. Man, this mentality is in preachers too. Some of, the, some of the young guys coming up drives me crazy. They're wanting a ready-made everything. I have people calling me and, and saying, boy, I just got a, I got, I got, I got a desire to preach. God's called me to preach. And do you, can you recommend me anywhere? And you know where they want me to recommend them to? This. I say, son, I've been here 18 years. They want to ready-made everything. They want to move right in onto a good situation. And I'll explain something. Well, here's the church, and they're kind of struggling. They, you, may have to, you may have to work on the side, too, and you just work it. Well, I, I was kind of looking for something that was all ready. I, I said, you know what? Let me tell you something. That kind of church has got a preacher, and he's been there a long time. And if that's the kind of thing you want, you're going to have to go somewhere, bloom where you planted, suck it up, buttercup, get to work, and build it. 
a desire. I didn't, I didn't want to go where somebody are. It's like Paul said. Paul said, I don't want to go behind somebody else. I want to go where the gospel's never been preached. I want to go and do it and see God do it in my life. Anyway, I spent too much time on point one. Second, second. Do y'all get my point here? I mean, get a desire. Say, God, I want to do something for you. You've done so much for me. I want to do something for you. I want to do something for you. And I'm not talking about the status quo. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to do something big. I want to do something significant. I want to do something that may cost me. I want to take a risk. A desire. Then secondly, there's discernment. There's discernment. Watch what he says. He speaks to Jesus and he says, if that's you, bid me come. What is he doing? He's getting the will of God on the matter. Y'all, y'all didn't get that. You say, what's, what's so big deal about that? It, it, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Watch this. Watch this. Look, look, in verse number, look in verse number 28. Verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, this is Jesus, and he said, come. He said, come. Now, here's the thing. Taking a risk, <clears throat> taking a risk is not coming up with a harebrained scheme. Taking a risk, when I say, man, be willing to take a risk, I'm not saying come up with some foolish idea. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell everything I got, and I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to go to wherever, and I'm going to. Well, you might. But what if you went east, and God wanted you to go west? And you end up in the east, and he's waiting on you in the west. And then you come and get mad at me. I took a risk, and it didn't work. I couldn't find God. That's because you was in the east, and he's in the west. We're not playing roulette here. That, that's not the risk. I'm, this is not just blind, foolish. Because Jesus spoke against that, right? When, 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 when the devil said, just cast yourself off, didn't, didn't the word say? The angels will not let you dash your foot against a stone? What, what was the devil doing? He was challenging Jesus to take a risk, but basically he was asking him to do something foolish. And Jesus said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. When I'm saying take a risk, I'm not saying tempt God. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying get God's will on the matter. Watch how this works. Watch this. Watch how this is worded. This is so good. This is so good. I, people come all the time. How many of y'all know everybody's got an idea? How many of y'all know most of them stink? <clears throat> it's amazing to me the people that call the church, stop by the church, and want to tell the church what, what they think we need to do. I want to tell you about this ministry I'm in. And I'm happy for them. Man, that's great. That's wonderful. And then they get mad if we don't finance their ministry. And one reason is stupid. It's not even biblical. 
there's no, I can't, y'all, y'all are thinking I'm just being mean about this, but I'm, I, can't, I don't know any other way to say it. They just come up with some idea in the middle of the night. Hey, I got this idea, and I want you to, and if we say, I, I, don't, think that's where, I, I don't think that's the direction we're going to go because we've prayed about it and God's not leading. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, the church ain't doing nothing to help nobody. No, we're not helping ignorance. Listen, listen let, me, let, me, let me prove my point. We do not find in the Gospels where Peter's just walking down the riverbank and says, I'm going to walk on the water. Not one single place do you find that. But watch this. All Peter was asking when it came time for him to take a risk. Watch this now. you got to get this. This is so significant. Peter was not asking God to get in on what Peter was doing. He was asking to get in on what Jesus was already doing. In other words, Peter did not come up with this water walking idea. All he said is, can I get in on what you're already doing? I don't even know if y'all understand how powerful what I just said to you is. We, we didn't come up with this. We didn't just come up with this idea with this Fairview issue. Matter of fact, we spent time praying about it. And I, I, I was wanting to be sure God was in on this deal. Because we was taking a risk. We was taking a financial risk. We was taking a personnel risk. When you ask... When you ask 100, 200 of your people to go somewhere else and leave your congregation and leave the choir and leave the music and it leaves you shorthanded, baby, that's a risk. But boy, God was in it. Last week they had 430-something. There, there, hey, is there anybody know anything in here? Is dusting around anywhere? How many are they baptizing today? How many? They're baptizing 20 people today. Isn't that great? Hey, last week, last week, it was teen takeover day. Teens did everything. They did the music. Listen, the teen leader did the preaching. The teen leader preached and his mama got saved. His mama got saved and was led to the Lord by his aunt, her sister. All in the family. Isn't that cool? But you know what that was? Or what, what it wasn't? It wasn't a harebrained scheme. It was not this idea I got at Taco Bell. Now, I'm not saying God can't give you something at Taco Bell. Because God can give you something at Taco Bell. Are y'all with me? He can. He can do that. But the best thing to do before you take a risk, you better know it's God. He didn't just come up with something. He said, God, I want in on what you're doing. Here's the thing if we could just understand. God's always doing something. God is always moving. He's always doing. He's always working. The problem is, is we're not looking for him. We're trying to come up with something and say, hey, God, come in and get on what I'm doing here. But that's the very exact opposite of what Jesus said. Jesus said, pray that in this manner. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy 
thy will be done. Ask you on what God's doing. God said, I want you to go to Alabama. I said, nah. I'm South Florida, people. I don't know anybody in Alabama. I have no family there. Tammy has no family there. But God was up to something. You took a risk, preacher. Yeah, but I knew that God was already working. And it's easier to take a risk when you know God's up to something. Amen. Well, number three, hurry, 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 hurry. And I didn't even put no subs on this thing. What was number one? We see a, we see a desire. Can we all see that? Let me come out there. Then he, 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 there's some discernment here. Lord, is this, is this your direction? Is this what you want me to go? I'm willing to take a risk, Lord. I need to know your will. He says, Now, let me put something significant right here. This will help you. This will help you. Uh, in, order to, in order to do that, in order to do that, everybody listen, everybody paying attention, everybody paying attention up in the back and everything, watch this. You need to be able to recognize his voice. What does that mean? That means you need to spend some time with him. Don't be a stranger and expect to get some discernment. Anyway, number three. Number three, we see decisiveness. Here, here's, what, here's what we see. Here's what we see. Can I come out there? If it be you, let me come. I got a desire. I want to do what you're doing. I want to get on what you're doing. He says, come. I'm not coming all the way down. I might not can get back up. But you all get the point? What happened? When he got a word, he pulled the trigger. Nowhere in this verse, no, oh, help me, Jesus. That was special right there. Mm. Nowhere in these verses do you find where he said, are you sure? Can you give me a pattern of how this is going to work? Can, can you explain to me? No. He pulled the trigger. Here's what, here's what most Christians today in their walk of faith, they're like, they're like the person, y'all know when you're kids and you go to the pool, especially early in the year, when the pool's still chilling, well, we would just say the beach because we didn't have a pool. We went to the beach, and the beach was cold. And you, you just. <sighs> and you just keep, and then it's getting high, and you're just torturing yourself. But you got one old boy that's just crazy as a bat. Ain't got no sense whatsoever. He does the cannonball. Woo! And your bell's in there. And you know what? Immediately he gets acclimated to the water. And he's good. While 10 minutes later, you're still inching your way in. Oh, it's cold. Oh. 
All right, I want to do a poll. <clears throat> How many cannonballers do we have in the house? Uh-huh, up there in the back, of the, I want to see, yeah. How, how many inches do we got in here? Yeah. That's a lot more than cannonballing. You know what God wants to see? He wants to see somebody willing to pull the trigger. Let's believe him. Matter of fact, I, I remember one time. <clears throat> oh, mercy. I remember one time, and this will be quick because I'll just tell a story. We had a... We had a bridge. We had a bridge. Dad, was it 95 of the turnpike that uh, that bridge we jumped off of? And is, is it Rim Ditch or Header Canal? Which, which over there is it 95? Belcher Canal. That's right, Belcher Canal, and it was 95. A big overpass, big bridge that went over a canal. See how intelligent we were. <laughs> I'm talking about how high would it? 30, 40 foot high, something like that, about 40 foot high, 40 foot over the water. The, what, the Belcher Canal, I know, I know the water's clear here. It's not in Florida. It's black as that fan right there. I mean, there, there could have been alligator stumps or whatever. It, it didn't matter. We just saw a challenge. <laughs> so we, we, we went down and we, got, we climbed up on the overpass and we run because if a trooper gets you in trouble, so we run down there to get to the middle where the can't, where, and, and, and when you look down, it looks higher from up there than it does from down there. <laughs> and so we realized there was, a, there was a pillar that was holding the bridge up, but it was like maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe 10 foot, a little bit lower or whatever. It was just lower where you can hang off and drop and get a little bit lower where it wasn't so dangerous. But once you dropped off, there was no return. But we didn't think that through till we dropped off. And we realized we turned. I'm not doing it. Oh, no. We can't climb back up. Y'all with me? Here we are. Here we are. And I remember the first one that did it. It took like 20 minutes. Because <laughs> the longer he waited, the more nervous he got. And we're all down here, you coward, you chicken, come on, walk, 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 come on. And we was on the ground. <laughs> come on, man, jump. And we're telling him this, we're telling him, the longer you wait, the harder it is. On the ground. My cousin Mark went first. Now, mind you, Mom knows nothing about this. <laughs> Until she saw the video. <clears throat> and this was before the phone video stuff, too. This was a real... <laughs> he ended up going, boom. And I think Joe went or I went next. I don't know, one of us. And then we got brave enough to go from the very top, and, and we realized if you're going to do it, the best thing is do it. Don't think about it. Don't contemplate it. Don't, if you get a word, pull the trigger. 
Because if you go to take a risk for God, the devil's going to give you five million reasons why you don't need to do it. Y'all with me? Now, let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last one. This is important. Now, how many of you, how many of you, another poll, another poll. And be honest, be honest, God's going to give you indigestion when you leave. You lie right now. <laughs> how many of you, be honest with me right now and say, Preacher, pulling that trigger is tough for me. How, how many of y'all like, how many of y'all like your comfort zone? Come on. Come on. I like it when everything's good, don't y'all? Here's the thing. Why do people not take a risk? Why, why, do, why, do, people, why do people not take a risk? Fear. What was that? Afraid of failure. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if it goes wrong? Well, you know what? God let us know. God gave us an answer to the question, what if I fail? The Bible says Jesus, or excuse me, Peter's walking on the water. He's doing the miraculous. He took a risk. He risked his life, stepped out of the boat. He's going to Jesus. He's doing what no man has ever done. He's walking to Jesus. He's in on what Jesus is doing. He's doing what Jesus is doing. All of a sudden, the wind comes. How many of y'all can relate to that part of Peter's life? How many of y'all had some windy days in your life? How many of y'all had some windy days that affected your faith before? And he began to sink. He began to sink. I knew it! That's why I didn't want to get out of the boat! Can you imagine the other 11? See, that's why I didn't get out of the boat. See there? And that's what all the people, that's what all the people that don't get out of the boat usually say. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Help! 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 I got out. I took a risk. I'm going down. Help! Immediately. Are y'all getting this? Immediately. There was his hand. What's that last point? Deliverance. Deliverance. Watch this. Here's, here's, here's what I want you to go. Here's what, you, here's what I want you to go home with. Because the next four weeks, I'm going to ask you to take a risk. I'm going to ask you to get off your couch and, 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 and go to Nepal. I'm going to ask you to go to, go to uh, 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 maybe, maybe Brazil. Maybe Atlanta. I'd rather go to Brazil. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you to ask your comfort zone. I'm going to ask you to do what you've never done. I'm going to ask you to get in on what Jesus is doing. I'm going to ask you to take a risk. But before I ask you to take that risk, I need you to know something. 
I need you to know something. Before you ever get out the boat, I need you to know something. Before you ever take a risk, before you ever do something fearful, before you ever step out in faith, before you ever do something you're afraid of, I need you to know something. I need you to know Jesus will be there when you get there. Preacher, what if I fail? He's there. He's there. If we do fail, he's there. Don't worry about it. What if I can't do it? He's there. What, what, what if, what if, don't worry about the what if. Pull the trigger and know that he's there. And how, how quick is he there? Come on, everybody. And watch this. They got in the boat, and all of them began to worship. Worship. What's the, what's the, what's the most significant part about taking the risk? You will get to see Jesus in a way you never saw him, and it will cause you and motivate you to worship. To worship. <laughs> He just spoke to me. Boy, I got him. Hmm. I got chills on my neck right now, I'm telling you. You know what God just said? Why do you think my eyes are rolling to and fro? Seeking to show myself strong. Because when you take a risk and you see my power, you're going to... Worship me. Can we give God a little worship this morning? Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. <clears throat> Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the spirit in this 